guys welcome back to block channel and we're back for episode 75 um we're in here for another great episode as we just sort of explore um, a lot of the fundamental interesting aspects of kind of value accrual in the DeFi space uh, and now with the emergence finally of the nft narrative which i don't know where everyone has been in crypto for the past few years who seemingly are now acting like nfts are this brand new thing and they don't know how they work and they don't know how digital value works and heard her we can copy paste and screenshot these things and uh the narrative is just so frustrating with all the pseudo intellectualism that just runs abundant in crypto but now that my rant's over um you know we're back nice. for another interesting episode Came out uh, swinging this week i'm just I'm, I'm turning 30 in two weeks and i'm sick of the bullshit okay so like you know <laughs> basically uh you know there, there's 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 many different ways to to bring value into the crypto space and before we discuss how um our guests today um from foundation are and how their marketplace is looking to bring uh new value to creators to the digital world uh, and bridging uh, their, you know, already existing value as a artist. Um, Cause values are, you know, artists are creators, you know, and, and so everything that they create has value. So to be able to bring that into crypto uh, in, in new types of ways is very intriguing to us, especially, you know, us as like content creators here at Block Channel. Um, so that being said, we're back uh, with uh, Dr. Corey Petty and Dimitri uh, for this episode. So gentlemen, can you just, give the audience a briefer on uh how are you doing what's up everybody yeah man you go first dude. Well, you go for it you said are you first. sure you said it first, think you you're go. such a gentleman you're such a gentleman man no i feel it's good to be back d in the heezy i'm feeling great steven you know what i mean there's been an update to modern warfare war zone you can go in the subways now all the way around the map so it makes a very interesting game so i'm very excited about that i've been playing a little bit of Warzone lately uh, you know, it's been it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Dr. Corey Petty here. Uh, turns out I've also been playing Warzone because D gave me a PS4. Uh, Damn right. <laughs> but that's a friend. Uh, he just gave you a PS4. He, did. he literally he came to visit me to see my baby, and he's like, "Hey, here's a PS4. Here's a game. You're playing games with me now." And so I do. But in terms of <laughs> NFTs, like I don't know, man. I've been excited about this. Uh, this use case turning into something more legitimate based on what it's capable of. And so talking about new companies doing things that are that further legitimize the, the uses of NFTs is something I'm pretty, pretty excited about. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, today we have on so two really awesome guests um, from foundation. And if you've been following the whole creator NFT digital art marketplace narrative arc, that's really been playing out for like, a good year and a half if you've been paying attention just like really solidly you know after the initial fade out of the crypto kitties like allure sort of went away um folks were just like hey man we've got this really cool way to create non-fungible like sort of like digital scarcity uh let's experiment with that and folks you know been throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks so Kayvon uh and matt are two really awesome dudes that i've like followed on twitter as they sort of explore this uh and uh you know i thought they would be excellent people to have onto the show uh, as we sort of get ready for, I like to think it's kind of like the cool phase of crypto. Uh, now that most of the uh, ugly tech is like built and for the most part working, uh, at least for the stuff that's actually going to derive a lot of value here in the short term. Uh, so, you know, now there's room for innovators, empathetic, user experience focused people who arguably I like to think of as smarter than early adopters, seeming as they usually bring EQ, which is normally not present and hasn't been for the past eight years. And I've complained about it for a long time. So these two gentlemen, they seem like they're hipsters that I would have worked at at Urban Outfitters or the Apple Store. So we brought them on today. Uh, you can't see them on video, but they totally would work. They totally would help you at the Apple Store or at an Urban Outfitters. Uh, I'm, I'm taking all of this as a compliment. It's just absolutely a compliment because really? I worked at both places. Uh, but uh, but of course, uh, so so Kayvon, Matt. Before we get into all the cool stuff we're working on, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know your person and like how how you found your way into the wonderful world of crypto yeah i'll start and i'll try to be as abbreviated as possible i'll just go back you know i'm 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 a pretty hardcore nerd despite all the compliments around eq although i will say i do try to have an eq so i'll, I'll take the compliment um but you know started off my tech career at google um you know by the time i got there the web was huge and google was was ascendant um, so I really wasn't, I, I kind of missed that boat. 
and didn't feel like I was necessarily shaping shaping the web, but I certainly learned a hell of a ton about software engineering and scaling products. Um, basically from there, you know, spent five years at Google, then wanted to really move on to the startup world because that seemed like where the new frontiers were settled and, and, and kind of you were tested and really focused on, a, on, on mobile, working on iOS, was a CTO of a startup called Universe. Uh, we built a website builder in your pocket. Um, but then while there, you know, realizing that there were millions and millions of apps in the app store, I realized that this wasn't such a frontier and, and was still hungry to find something that truly felt unsettled and unbuilt. And, and that's how I found Ethereum. I did not come in through Bitcoin. I think a lot of crypto people come in through Bitcoin. Bitcoin attracted, I think, the the hard hardcore libertarians that or the you know the the hard money people, and that that wasn't something that really lit up my imagination. But once Ethereum came around and you could really program this thing, and you know the nerds were talking about Turing completeness, like I was like, whoa, this is this is really powerful. Like you can take value and program it, and when you combine that with the internet you know, my imagination lit up and that's really, you know, that just basically didn't leave my head and it still hasn't left my head and I'm still wrangling with it. So I've been in this space for a few years now. This isn't my first rodeo. Um, Matt and I linked up at Dharma. Um, you guys might know about that, but we really were in the kind of lending borrowing space, kind of in the first wave of, of apps built on top of Ethereum. I would say foundation, we'll go into it more. So I'll leave it at that, but we're distinctly now in the second wave. I think you referred to it as the cool wave, Steve. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's how we feel about it. And that's you know what Matt and I, I think are passionate about, which is bringing a little bit more of a cultural lens to the tech, which I think is very, very powerful. But until it's in the hands of of creators, artists, the the cultural realm, it's not gonna really realize its impact on society. Excellent. Very apt. Very succinct. So, uh, thanks for thanks for the uh, the the deep detail into your background, though. And you know, got to give yourself credit in the sense that um, you, if you are aware of your lack of EQ, um, then you already have more than most. Um, <laughs> but uh, of course, uh, uh, Matt, um, uh, if you could do the same, um, you know, keep it as brief or as detailed as you would like. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Basically, I grew up in Australia in the suburbs and there wasn't a lot of stuff to do all the way down there. Um, so I quickly found myself falling in love with the internet, spending a lot of time just hanging out on the internet, um, exploring its like darkest, deepest depths and, you know, hanging out on like weird internet forums and just getting into weird kind of scenarios on the internet, really just exploring that space. Um, and that's that's kind of how I first like discovered crypto, just randomly discovering Bitcoin on I think it was like 4chan originally or something like that. Um, and I just randomly bought a bit of Bitcoin and held onto it for a while. Um, and as I was kind of going through design school, um, I started thinking about um, what type of career I wanted to have, like what, what types of things I wanted to actually work on as a designer. Um, and I wanted to figure out how to kind of actually just apply design thinking to the world um and kind of mirroring kind of what what Kayvon kind of said about universe is like i i saw a lot of like waves come and go i saw like the early web come i saw like early like social wave early mobile wave and i was always eager to kind of jump onto like a new like emerging technology and really kind of use that to forge out um my career as a designer um so I kind of randomly discovered Bitcoin and then fell into like Ethereum from that. And I figured that was like really like the space where I could jump into it um, and start working as a designer. And um, I really got deeply involved with like the early Ethereum space and just started helping out um, a whole like myriad of teams that were very, very early in their stages and just helping out really is kind of, I think, like one of the first designers in the Ethereum space. Um, and then, yeah, obviously moved on to working at Dharma and linked up with Cape on there. Um, and then, yeah, I, I definitely resonate with like a lot of stuff that you've said. Like, I feel like a lot of the initial um, groundwork has been laid out in space. A lot of the really like ugly, messy technology is really ready for its prime time. And I feel like I, I'm ready to go here as a designer and really jump in and just, you know, take this this early stage technology and just bring it to the next level with um, really solid design thinking. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Very, 
They're very, very astute. So, so in regards to foundation now, and you two gentlemen linking up at Dharma, uh, fan of what you guys were working on there, uh, the smart wallet stuff there, really, pretty, uh, really pretty uh, design there too. So I'm imagining that must have been you, Matt, there um, early on. Um, so in relation to uh, you know you guys making the evolution now to build this marketplace, give give uh, Dimitri, myself, and Corey just like the high level spiel of what you're seeking to accomplish and kind of and, and what, how would you describe what you're building to someone who doesn't have any idea what you're doing, but they're a creator. So we, you know, you, you'll see it in our logo. And I think our logo is like the biggest tell of where foundation's going. Um, we mm -hmm. see it as like a set of building blocks that take crypto and, and make it simple and easy to use and really powerful. And we try to make that something that you can just, we put in your hands. So you come to foundation, you're a creator, you're an artist. You've heard about all these crazy things. You've heard about automated market makers. You've heard about NFTs. You've heard about personal tokens, community tokens. You know, you, you want a token in the actual product itself. Foundation wants to take all those ideas because all of them are actually true and you actually can do them now today. But the problem is they're hard. So like they're hard to, they're hard to mint, they're hard to manage, they're hard to think about. How do they all interrelate? So foundation is, this, is going to be this kind of like beautiful set of building blocks that you can use as a creator, as an artist to kind of go into the 21st century, use this new powerful technology to kind of completely revolutionize how you monetize and how you build your brand in, in, in kind of the modern era, the post-crypto era. Yeah, to, to add on to that, like personally, the reasons why I'm, I'm into this space is that I, um, I think I've had like a pretty like atypical like upbringing where like I've never really had a a like professional job like I kind of left college and kind of was just running like my own like side hustles on the internet just like selling shit on eBay like freelancing for weird companies remotely um like I started my own design studio I was like selling ebooks and doing random shit like that and really just making money online um, and that, that kind of like turned into like a more solid career where I actually started working for companies full time and then, you know, eventually getting to foundation from there. Um, and I'm just really a big advocate of like putting tools in the hands of like creative people who have ideas and just enabling them to create new things and essentially take um, control of their life and just like, you know, live, live on the internet and directly engage with fans and their community and, 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 you know, get rewarded for that financially. And I think the big thing that crypto really unlocks is like it merges finance with the internet. It's, you know, it's the first real coming of, you know, a financial internet. And I'm just really into like um, enabling creators to kind of earn money um, for the things that they put out there into the world. I'd like to kind of like, I want to talk about that design, the design thing, because this is something that I've, um, I've been waiting very patiently for since I got into crypto for, for good design um, because there's a lot of very subtle things I think we take advantage of because we've been on the internet so long. I think we're all in that age group where like, I'm just old enough to have been alive right before the internet was like a thing really. And then I've watched it grow. But like some of the subtle designs like logging into something, right? Or like then like years later now we everything has these hamburger menus, like these are like subtle design things that kind of control people's physical behavior with how they're interacting with this portal into whatever the fuck this internet shit is. So blockchain and crypto has yet to do anything like that. There's nothing new. MetaMask kind of gets it, right? It kind of get it. It's kind of cool, like. You go to a Web3 enabled website and Metamax pops up and there's a little fox looking at you move around. It's like that's a new experience, right? That's like something that gets me engaged with this newness, this hot newness. But nothing else is doing that. So how do you guys approach that at foundation to get somebody to have to physically behave differently, subtly to engage with what you're making? Yeah, I think um, one one kind of big approach that I think Kayvon and I have both taken um, even before like foundation, like we were doing this at Dharma is like, how can we how can we kind of like get crypto to the point where it works just like a web two app um, as like the first thing, like we wanted to lock in that level of usability first. 
Um, how can we take someone that kind of has like interacted with, you know, Facebook and Instagram or something like Robinhood and bring them into the crypto space and kind of incept them with crypto without them ever really realizing that they're actually using crypto. So we kind of did a lot of work on abstracting the application layer and kind of still having these really, really core like protocol level functions in place, like kind of in the background, but kind of just abstracting the UI on the front end and just bringing a lot of things that people just come to expect to um, the applications that we were building, like, you know, just being able to log in with an email address, um, not having to manage private keys and write down seed phrases and things like that. Um, and then, you know, just approving transactions and things like that. Like you should just be able to go in and hit buy and it kind of just happens and you don't have to like hit approval and then sign a transaction and then, and then do a lot of things like that. Um, and I think that was really like the first kind of thing I wanted to do. It was like, I understood how to use like dApps and MetaMask and I had like a, a ledger and my seed phrases written down in places and stuff like that. But I knew we kind of, you know, for this space to really be taken seriously, like these, these apps first had to feel like web two apps. And then once you lock that in and you bring in that, that, that cohort of users, then you can kind of continually walk them down the rabbit hole and start exposing them to more of those kind of innovative secondary features that crypto really unlocks and enables for them. And that's, that's the stuff that we're, we're really into at foundation. Yeah, indeed. I mean, there, my, uh, my father-in-law is like a OG, um, kind of computer history buff. Uh, he's like written a lot of books on the subject and one of the big names, you know, before computers were a thing that everyone had access to and everyone would use in their homes and now on their, in their pockets, uh, this guy named Alan Kay came up with this, with, with this description of how technology should work, which is simple things should be simple and complex things should be possible. And I think we, you know, I internalized that like over a decade ago and it's just, I've brought it to every project I've ever worked on, which is, as Matt said, it's like, look, you want to come in and get on, get in on something uh, dope on foundation. You just want to use your email, right? You don't, you don't, you don't have time to go learn about private keys and, like go down that whole rabbit hole and read 10 blog posts and, and you know, and figure all that stuff out. <laughs> so you should be able to, you should be able to do that. But that being said yeah. on foundation, you know, we also want creators to be completely revolutionizing how they think about their ability to control markets around their work. And if they want to do something more complex because they've been studying and they've been working and they, they get it, um, we want that to be possible as well. And so like, for example, if you want to bring your own keys and, and do, you know, more complex things, we also want that to be possible. And so I think a lot about that with design. And I think that's, it's actually very challenging because those are just two different mindsets. The, the expert who's been around for five years and knows everything there is to know about blockchains. And then the, you know, kid maybe just logging into the internet who saw something interesting and wants to participate, right? And and we and our goal is to make sure that both those people come to foundation and have a good time. All right. So like where that. do you Go where ahead. do you see yourself partnering uh, with the most strategically in the short term? So like in the NFT space, right? There's like a couple of things. There's like the digital game folks. There is the digital artists, digital art folks, and then now there's this emerging like tangible intangible i've got this digital certificate of this cool thing and then i also have this physical version of this sock this this cassette this what 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 venture are you guys like leaning on first to like kind of be the most successful you know i i love the gaming community and i really i mean life's a game so like the idea of saying you're not in a, into gaming is not a real statement like that means you don't want to live like an exciting life um so, but I would say it's like, they're just so, they're just so in it and they create such immersive experiences. I don't want to say that foundation is for that gaming community. I think, you know, we bill ourselves as culture stock exchange. And, and if I would say, you know, I, I definitely define culture broadly. Like I don't, I'm not a person that says, you know, if it's not in the Met, it's not culture. Like that's not my worldview. Like if you, if you, you know, you, you, don't, you don't see, you don't see immediately a kind of direct parallel between like the instance of buying a hundred dollar Xbox, you know, like a, a legendary edition of some Halo thing, getting some actual figurine that is both digitized on Ethereum, and then I have both like a, a, a the physical, tangible version of that. Like, there's, I think there's actually a lot of 
very sensible cross interplay, especially when it comes to if I'm going to be an artist and I'm featured in, say, some game like um, uh, whatever that RPG is that off the top of my head um, that uh, coin artist is working on. Uh, and, and they're working on NFT related things. And I say, hey, as an artist, I'm going to make this joint in-game like NFT art piece uh, that is then purchasable, just like a skin would be on like Fortnite. Um, but now I have this way of creating this branded in-game uh, experience uh, where I can ooze the cool of my real world swagger into like my digital interface. Like I see that as being uh, uh, one of the major ways that you're gonna get the younger people um, to care because they're gonna have this, they have this huge digital world of this, social, this socializing that needs to convert to the real world too. Right. I need to be able to have the cool Supreme shirt and I need to be able to have it both digitally and physically. Totally. And that's why if you look at foundation right now, you know, ultimately all the tokens and all the interactions are digital, but we, we do bleed between the two. Right. And what I would say is I do imagine 80, 90% of the interactivity being digital because that's where we spend most of our lives. But I do think tethering it to the, to the physical matters in a lot of cases, because one, I think it also brings a level of accessibility to what we're doing to more people because digital tokens are so new for so many people still. Like how many people are still asking, but how does Bitcoin have any value? Do you know what I mean? Like how many people are still asking that question? Um, and so like, you know, even in the art realm, like in my opinion, you know, NFTs are gonna eat that world, right? And paintings are gonna become so much smaller relative to the, the NFTs one are, bu one are buying on, on platforms like Foundation. Uh, but there's still gonna be that audience, which is like, but how do you actually own it? Do you know what I mean? Or like, they're, gonna, they're always gonna ask that question. <laughs> They'll so die. I think, Boomers will die. Yeah, yeah. And it, <laughs> you know, so it, our thought is like, we'll give them, a, give them like a, you know, we don't exclude the physical, right? We're not like righteously against physical. Like you wanna bring in and sell something physical and you wanna represent it as a token and, and that's part of the experience. I think that's really important in terms of accessibility and getting this started and getting more people into it. But again, yeah, I mean, I think like where, where the party's at is all the digital experiences that get unlocked by this. All right, so you got, what's your pitch to a creator? How do you, what's the, what's the sell that you make them to say like, oh, you're creating content, cool. Well, with our platform, you can also do this. And then they're like, okay, that's well worth my time. And then on the other side of that, how can you convince them that there's somebody willing to participate on the other side of that market to help them kind of level up what they're trying to do with whatever new features you're providing them? Totally. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let Matt weigh in, um, but like off, off the bat, you guys should just know it's like creators want to get into crypto. It's like magical internet money, like on the internet, you know, they're, they've heard all the stories about, you know, the prices going up. This is something they're super curious in. They just don't understand it and they don't know what it is. Um, and, and the big sell for us, you know, that just lands every time is if you really think about when you tokenize something and you create that provenance, uh, and you put wire that up with smart contracts, what that really means is indefinite royalties, right? It's like, you know, because we can do this and you go and create something when you create that trading activity and you can trade these tokens and we can map back to who created them originally and that it gets attributed to you so that as something appreciates, something becomes a mega hit, something shapes the culture, you're not boxed out. And every creator basically, you know, even including Kanye, you know, go, go, go check out his Twitter, right? You know what he's complaining about, has this problem where you get boxed out of that economic profit because there's middlemen, there's institutions that come in, they know how to play the game and they capture that secondary market, which is where all the value lives and creators get boxed out of that. And when we, when we come in and we talk to them, we say, this is different, right? We know you created this token. We can map it back to you. We build in you know, your revenue stream indefinitely when you sell these things and, and they just never look back. I mean, that's the, we are rarely getting, I don't want that. You know, No one's saying that, ah, I'm not interested in that. They're all like, you know what? That sounds like the future to me. I, I, I deserve that. Uh, and I've wanted, an ac I've wanted access to that. And it sounds like you guys are giving me a good shot at it. You're speaking my language, Kayvon. My pants are getting tight over here. So what you're telling me is I'm a creator. We're here right now in our creation. And then I've got other creations, other podcasts. 
Um, and if I want royalties from my hard-earned creativity, right? Or not hard-earned creativity, you don't really earn that. But you know what I'm saying. I'm putting my creativity out there, getting the earnings from it. I can just get perpetual royalties so long as I program it on the front end. How do I do that? That sounds good to me. We, t we take care of that for you. And that goes just back to the vision. Foundation is just these building blocks that are there for you. You don't have to think about it. It works that way. You come to foundation, you mint a token, you put it into one of our markets. It's programmed to give you secondary sales, a percentage of secondary sales indefinitely. Um, and so, I think that's so how does that, uh, how does that, how does that make take model work with you guys? Like fee, like fee wise on like your end. Yeah. I mean, so we, we're technology, right. And we're, so we're not a record label. We're not a gallery. Like if you go to these folks and you like, look at their business models, you're looking at numbers like 50%, like that number's thrown around all the time. Well, you know, we'll represent you, but we're going to take 50%. We don't go anywhere near those numbers. So, you know, if you're selling artworks, you know, unique artworks, we're probably, you know, right now taking 10% of the primary sale. And then we take 3% of the secondary sale. Those are really small numbers. First of all, creators are getting, you know, 0% of secondary sales. They get 10% on foundation. Um, you know, we take 10% of the primary sale. They're used to 50, maybe even more. Um, and then if you're selling so, something so, so more- So for the secondary sale, so I sell something, you guys take, uh, say I say sell for 10 bucks. You guys take what, uh, what percent of that? And then when, what percent of that the second time it resells once again, just so that it's clear to the audience. So if you sell something, if you sell an NFT on foundation, yep. um, we'll, the, you'll take 90% home of the primary mm -hmm. sale, mm -hmm. every secondary sale after that, you will, you will receive 10%. So if this thing is sold for a million dollars after you sold it, you will get a hundred thousand dollars from that sale. Interesting. Interesting. So, so, so I imagine that other 90% is where you guys are taking a large cut of fees in the secondary markets. We take only 3% on secondary markets. Okay. So, so, oh, okay. 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 I get it. I'll get it. So this is just to ensure that every potential resale, there's a continued like path of income and earning. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that there's like an exchange of hands where it's like you are permanently getting like that going forward. So no, no, um, no. We only, we only, we, we are really like the reason up front is like, you know, we do a lot of marketing and design yep. work to really display your work in a phenomenal way. So we do take a percent of that initial primary sale, but then in a lot of ways, the way we see it is, is you grow in your career and is like you as a creator develop, you know, that's actually probably honestly from a lot of your hustle and like sweat equity. And so we kind of stay away. We, we take very small percentage of the secondary sales. Um, and like, you know, you're talking about, you know, 10% of, of your secondary sales. And just think about like an artist who goes from, you know, 100K or let's say 10K even, you know, let's say like a lot of creators right now are selling work um, in the 10K range. You can imagine in a few years, like, you know, you, you continue your career, you're going to be in the six figures. You're going to be in the seven figures after that, right? And mm -hmm. before, like those are just, you, know, you don't have touch, you don't have access to those. Now when you're doing a seven figure sale, you know, for your artwork. And again, I know we're, we're talking about the higher end, mm -hmm. but like that's serious money. Right. I mean, that's that's very serious money. Um, so how do we gonna... how do you maintain and just like any other exchange, how do you guys maintain like liquidity and getting users interested and having new in individuals coming on and add on like new art? Because there's just like multi sided like marketplace happening here. Right. Once the initial appeal of, oh, snap, I can, uh, you know, digitize this random thing or this random picture or this random insert, whatever here and make like 10,000 percent on it. Once that happens a couple of times. Right, there's going to be like an equilibrium that's going to be found. Right, these markets will mature, and not every person is going to have that sort of like absorbent return process. Right, so yep. So that being said, like, how do you mature once once this is more commonplace? Say in the next six months. You know, I, I don't know if I'm there yet. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like there's so much potential still. Like the idea that we're anywhere close to maturity still feels so mm -hmm. off. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't rack my brain on this because boy, would that be a great problem to have where I'm like, wow, we got to temper this down and mature it. Like that sounds great to me. Um, but I think where we're at is like, you know, the really cool thing is like we're building this on crypto. And so when you talk about creating good incentives and, and encouraging the right behavior and really rewarding the people that are creating the marketplace, 
the beauty of, of, of crypto. And, you know, you just saw this with Uniswap is, you know, the ability to reward um, the, the people that are really making your marketplace work with an actual stake in the actual platform. And that, you know, that's just hasn't been possible before. And when you build something crypto native, like we are, I mean, I think that's just the expectation now. I don't, I don't, I don't see how you would, um, I don't see how you would go down any other direction. Hmm. I'm still trying to wrap my head around residual income. I'm over here. I'm stuck it's in just, it. It's just a way to like programmatically like ensure that like, you know, future sales of that particular like <laughs> NFT, yeah. like get back to the artist in like some way, like shape or form. So if I sell the art, like there's just, there's just an, a payout address that, okay, so if this exchanges hands once again, then make sure this address gets like X percentage of this, whatever transaction oh, is. Exactly. Yeah. So, I, think, so I think the way... I think about this is that um, so much of like a creator's work is like intangible. It's all the culture and hype and story and narrative they're building around their craft. So if you're if you're a brand, you know, obviously you can make that primary sale by selling directly to your customers in retail or on a website. But then there's so much more to your brand that you're not like monetizing. It's like the story. Mm -hmm. It's a culture. It's mm -hmm. a feeling. And um, by putting your brand in a market, that allows you to capture some of those more intangible qualities um, more like more directly. And mm -hmm. I think like a really good example of this is like I um, I was like the first guinea pig creator on Foundation. Like I I ran a clothing label for a few for a few years. I brought it back and I did a drop on Foundation. And I started selling all my products in like the the primary like physical sense. Um, but then people started trading it. Like people were speculating and trying uh, and trading and buying and selling. And I was capturing fees on that trading volume. So every time it was changing hands in the market, I was getting that residual income. And that, um, that residual income that I captured from the market is actually higher than, than the revenue that I sold um, by just selling the products in the, in, in the, in, in the, in the primary sense. This, this, it, it all makes perfect sense. So let me, let me just say to the audience what my mental model is out loud for anyone that might still be kind of scratching their heads on like kind of what what this all means. So when it comes to brand, when it comes to creator value, when it comes to your clout online, right? You use that clout and you exchange that for opportunities, whether that's you know professional opportunities, career opportunities, whatever, right? But there is no way to actually uh, create an actual monetary value to what that is. But as a brand, as Apple, as a uh, as a fashion design company like Supreme, there is something that has always been intangible, untouchable, the thing that is innately cool that you can't put your finger on, right? When you hold an iPhone, why does that feel good? When you go to you know uh, your favorite clothing store and there's a certain aesthetic that pleases you, that that brand provides you, that allows you to self-actualize and be yourself, right? There's a level of empathy that is part of coolness that good brands learn to adopt and to utilize. Now, when you take this into a digital world, a digital first realm, where the majority of individuals are very sterile and they're thinking about how something has value. It either is intrinsic or it's intrinsic. It's either very apparent or it's not, right? Like there is no in-between. But in actuality, there is, there is exist, there does exist this in-between. And so if you can create an item, a product, or whatever, what in front of your service you have, and then in the future resale value, collect on that as your brand value grows, as your company grows in notoriety, as you know, the resale value of whatever this item might be that grows, like as you know, say you sell a really cool clothing item, one day it ends up in some secondary sale through some uh, uh, thrift exchange. And like now you've got money for work that you did five years ago that you weren't expecting. Like the humanizing effect of products by design will do a lot for not only money, but also for society. Because now we think of things not as having inherent extrinsic value, but we think of the intrinsic value simultaneously as one unit because it can exist both digitally and physically. And it's very important, this cultural exchange, this renaissance that's about to happen, um, that's going to be led fiercely by those that can digitize um, uh, unique, you know, scarce value and creativity. Mackie, that's a sexy concept you just put forth, but a, a, something that differentiates itself in the digital marketplace is the ability to show off 
the things that are that are doing all those things that are so important that you just mentioned that mm -hmm. that, that that implicit value like how do i where these marketplaces exist and how do i show off what i have to make it seem worthwhile to others so that they want to buy it back in a secondary market like where do i go for this because it, it has to be somewhere where people are talking about the things that they have they can show off the things that they have and maybe big virtual places and and then find buyers eventual buyers in secondary markets yeah and i think, I, I think the, the reason the reason why like you know the decentralized aspect of this is so important is like when you when you put something that you know you put value into something like that you don't want it kind of trapped in one place or you know inaccessible and you know the beauty of this is like these are tokens right and these are things that live on blockchains and even even the assets that are you know imagine you buy a piece of art it's going to be stored in ipfs now it's you know this thing is going to be everywhere and the ownership record is is publicly verifiable and available everywhere and so yeah you want to go into a virtual world it'll be there you want to go to a website and bring it with you you know bring your keys and it'll come with you you know bring it bring it all over you know we'll have phenomenal display zones and, and product here at foundation as well but the real power is the fact that yeah it's not it's not tied or tethered or locked behind some uh you know blocked access it's 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 decentralized i think the i think another interesting aspect is as the world becomes more as Previously, the the internet was a reflection of what happened in the real world, and as the world becomes more of a reflection of what happens online, you're going to care that innately by design, what you purchase in the real world will map and mirror one to one with your digital self, right? So if you have all your stuff in like digital keys and things like that, uh, over time, the idea is I want to be able to own this thing in both ways that everyone typically owns things now, digitally and physically. And when the time comes when I want to resell it, I want to be able to retain some additional value in the secondary market. And the idea is eventually organically, emergently, that becomes the norm for all things. And then this is a kind of a stepping stone for a, an improvement of, um, I guess, ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're seeing the same thing. <laughs> Dimitri, give me your skepticism. I know you're chewing on this. What do you, what do you, what are your thoughts? <laughs> oh shit. Um, you know, I think I think it's I think it's interesting. I, I think it's it's very early to make any kind of hard theories about the way um, this catches on. If it all it does, I think I don't know. There's a va certain vagueness around the word creator that I don't necessarily agree with. Um, but you know, I guess I'm that's me showing the boomer side of myself. Like it just <laughs> yeah. seems to. Uh, it's okay to boom uh, the word boom. the word I'll, I'll boomer size myself there's two words that i just don't drive with and that's creator and influencer um matt, i just matt, feel like matt, i feel like you have a good insight here for some reason good. something tells me here. give me it. your insight on the on the, the the creator aspect of this i feel yeah, like I think spot on spot on to ask matt yeah I, I think um, part of the skepticism you're feeling is you're you're looking at it from the context of you as a creator and primarily a content creator. Like you're here on a podcast, um, creating content that you're distributing out into the world. Um, and the short answer is right now in our current offering of what we're offering in foundation, it doesn't map exactly to the way that you're creating. Like primarily what we have out, have out there online um, maps to people who are creating physical goods, um, physical goods of culture that have brand and cultural cachet behind them. Um, and then in the future, we plan to expand this. Like we, we said, you know, at the beginning of this episode that Foundation really aims to be like a toolbox for a bunch of different creators. We're kind of taking these crypto primitives and redesigning them in like an approachable way that enable new different forms of creation. And I think, uh, you know, in order to break into um, the subset of creators where you're creating work, like the content creation world, um, we have to think of different mechanics. Like you're probably not producing too many physical items that can be recreated and sold in, in exchange. You're, you're selling like ideas and opinions and, and the brand that you have and the personality you have. Um, and I think that kind of maps closely to like, the influencer world, like most influencers are content creators. You're following them for their personality, their, their ideas and opinions. And that needs a different form of mechanic to allow you to kind of monetize that. 
like I can imagine a lot of things that, you know, you could personally do, you could launch like a block channel token. And that um, could be a reward that you distribute to all your like early supporters, your fans, your listeners. And that maybe gives them a lot of exclusive access to you as a personality. Maybe it gives them exclusive access to a, you know, a Discord channel or a, you know, a one-on-one Zoom call, or maybe they can cash it in to get onto the podcast and things like that. So I think that's, that's kind of like how I'm seeing it. It's like right now, um, when we use a word creator, we're specifically um, mentioning creators who are creating things of value that can be bought and sold. But in the future, mm-hmm. as foundation grows, it'll it'll come to encapsulate a lot more of different forms of creation. Like, like let okay. me give you an example, Dimitri, on how I would leverage this platform if I were you right now, given what tools I know are available in the space and that I know you're familiar with. You're familiar with Audius, right? We had on Ranil, we talked about his like streaming, like, you know, music platform on ETH. Right. So say you're say, you know, you upload episodes of the Bitcoin podcast. We have both ep- uh, upload episodes of block channel on these platforms. And again, anyone can take this idea. Uh, and now that now they exist on this, you know, w- uh, Web3 capable platform where they're pinned on where the, uh, uh, the music is pinned in a high dev audio on, on uh, IPFS. And now it's accessible on audience front end. I'm an up and coming artist. I'm digital. Now I want to make more money. I want to bootstrap for my pre-existing catalog that I've now uploaded to it. I've got a pre-existing merch store. I'm going to drop some exclusive merch for myself as an artist, my existing fans to say, hey, y'all, my, my music's on audience now. It's decentralized. I'm moving on this D-Web shit. Like, this is the future. This is my shtick. So y'all come on, buy some of my scarce art. You can download this really dope wallet and you can have it, you know, kept for you. You're my loyal fan, right? You're like, you're my you're my loyal 100. You're my loyal 10,000 ride or dies. You'll follow what I say. Do this. Purchase this from me. Help me grow as an artist. Now I've got this passive residual income that comes from this merch that continues to grow for my fan base. I can sell and retail like my monetized music, have NFT like exclusive like tracks, mixtapes, et cetera, that I can sell through these guys' like platform. I can have this digital first persona that is like not only adaptable, but is monetizable from day one. Like this opens up a huge avenue for creators online when we start sticking these pieces together. That that sounds very awesome. I could see it working like that. I think it's with me. I have to get over cultural um, rigidity. I guess that's what I'll call it. Because there's some things I, I just like. What you mentioned sounds dope as hell. But in my mind, I'm just thinking not everybody deserves to be a rock star. What the fuck? Who got who deserves? I mean, to but like, why, like, why not? Like, not everyone's why? a rock why? star. Like we we shouldn't even embolden everybody to think that. Like. I'll well, never everyone be Michael deserve, Jordan, everyone deserve, ever. Everyone I could go out and shoot though. 30 million basketballs right now. And let I me mean, really, I ain't going to be MJ. Trump just the guy like, with, the, with <laughs> the merch store with a bunch of hats. I mean, like, you really, got, <laughs> you really just got to start thinking about things, man. And just, like, I guess you know so. what? Like, this, I just, this is the way the world's moving. It's just, like, people want to, if they love you and interact with you 24-7 through their phones, like, they want to be as close to you as possible. And I think these guys but with technology and those that mimic it. Yeah, they do. I mean, <laughs> they I mean, do. of course they do. Of course yeah, they, they do, do, man. I mean, I people got, listen I, to our show. It's a modest amount of people listen to our show. But I don't think they want to kick it with me. Like, I don't like this I show. I bet if they could digitally kick it with you, they would totally do it. Don't give them that. I, I, would, I would. I do it all the time. Um, all right. So, 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 well, so, so that being said, Matt and Kayvon, like, what – What's something? What's an important part of what you guys are building, or what you have learned that you want the audience to take home with you to understand? Like whether it's to just sort of hammer home a point about like Demetric with like whether it's cultural rigidity or like what what do you think people need to know about what you're building to like you know move themselves forward to be a part of it? You know, the number one thing that that I do feel like. You know, because because you know the the cultural rigidity you're feeling is like it's it's out there. Like I mean, these are some weird, some of these are weird ideas. Like you got to wrap your head around. And I think the thing that I would want people to really take away is participating and experimenting and trying to figure this stuff out because it does feel inevitable. It does feel like it's going to work this way. I just don't see how you put this back into Pandora's box. And being one of the folks that figures this out brings this into the culture, you know, kind of levels the, the playing field and helps like the rest of the world see this more clearly, there's going to be outsized reward. You know, this is going to be something that's going to benefit you in a big way, yeah. like brands and the creators that are experimenting with us 
you know, like there's really low downside. There's only upside in my opinion, because at the end of the day, you're making money. You're not like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't play money anymore. Right. We, we all know that this money's real. Um, and there, there's just an opportunity right now to be early, to be first, to be the one setting the tone. And that comes with, that just comes with reward. And, and we want to just encourage that. people that, you know, we, we want to, and I, that's why I also want diversity here right now, right? Because there is reward to being early and I want to make sure that that's, that's setting off the right tone and creating a new world to live in uh, for us folk, right? I mean, that's, that's just where I'm at. I can dig all Yeah, that. I think, I think the big thing that I'm into is um, the internet did like a really, really good job of, um, opening up the set of tools um, to enable almost everyone to express themselves. Like if you kind of track back like the, the means of um, getting information and media and content out there, like over the years, like it was previously locked up in big massive media companies who own television stations and, and newspapers. And then eventually we got to the world where everyone has a platform, everyone get, can get up on their soapbox and you know write a blog, post a tweet, post a video to YouTube. I think that um, same thing is kind of going to be happening to uh, brands and creators in the way that they monetize. And that initially at the moment, only a very, very small high tier um, brand, uh, you know, a cohort of brands and creators are currently controlling um, their narrative and monetizing on their cachet. So like you've got like Supreme and like luxury brands and things like that. And then you've got really, really top tier, um, you know, people in the art world. And I think by, you know, enabling markets to kind of occur in a much more digitally native way, it's going to massively explode the way that um, creators can really take a hold of their markets and, and monetize. And I think a big thing that I've always been wanting to do here at Foundation is like, I don't want to waste my time trying to court Supreme to do a drop on Foundation. I want to find the next Supreme and bring them up on Foundation and start, start a brand that sells natively in this way on foundation and actually enable someone to become the next Supreme, the next Supreme that is native to crypto. That's important too, because you want them to do it. You don't want, you don't want someone to come in and try and impose some model, um, some yes. traditional model onto what you're building. You'd rather have someone come in and experiment and try to build something at the same value, but in the native way that you're building it so that it's, 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 it's exploring new relationships and new ways of doing things as a designer, as a, as a creator and, uh, uh, coming up on a platform like this. And you, you get to see new behavior and new ways for people to live their lives when you give them new tools that, to do it with. And I think that's really important. I totally agree. And like, you're already seeing it. And I think you guys have, you know, Steven, I imagine you've seen these people, but like black sneakers, uh, amazing mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, these are, these are 20 year olds, maybe like younger, uh, ferocious is 17. Um, you know, artists doing just coming up crypto native, right? Realizing that this is just um, a whole new way of doing things. And then, you know, if you really see these stories, you're seeing people become independent from a very early stage and really being able to make career decisions uh, for for personal preference and not because they need to make money or pay their bills. And, and I just think the world in which that's true is gonna be a much more creative, vibrant place than the one we have right now. Oh, very well said, both of you. Yeah, you guys, you guys get it, you guys get the vision. I, I really do, you know, appreciate what you guys are building. Um, you know, I know there's, are there similar projects like uh, our Zora? I don't know. I don't know what the real big key differentiators are there, but it seems like there's other sort of similar competitors and stuff like that popping up in marketplaces. Um, so I'm sure more of this will span over the next few months. So, so uh, what's something we can leave the audience with? Uh, do you guys feel free to plug anything that you have uh, like coming up, or just like your site, or just where you are on socials? So check us out, Foundation.app. Um, we're on we're on uh, Twitter with FND. Uh, you know that that that'll be our eventual token, and then with Foundation on on Instagram, we're one of the few crypto companies that actually has a, a pretty dope Instagram. So check that out, and and yeah, I would just really stay tuned. I mean, this is a super fast moving space. You mentioned a few other competitors. There's five more um, out there. We're, they're all doing really great things. 
Um, and, and this is something that changes week to week. So if you're if you're interested in this and you're wanting to play around, uh, you know, find us. Uh, my, I'm at you guys, you, gotta do, you guys aren't going to do like a retroactive like token launch or anything like that, right? Because like that would probably get a lot of people on. <laughs> I, I, I would say we are there if we hit any modicum of success that is inevitable. Um, so, you know, absolutely, absolutely. The people that, that are kind of our first creators, our first real market makers. I mean, those, those we're looking for those people that are looking mm -hmm. to kind of pioneer, uh, the future. And so I think that's really how it works these days. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's a huge incentive these days. We're like, ah, I don't know. Why would I try that crypto thing? I'm like, I don't know, man, maybe they'll pay you like, Oh shit. Like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that's, that's the norm. Like these days, like how do I grow to be in a new part of like this community? And now, and now what can combine with what you guys are creating, which, you know, you're literally creating hubs and spokes of culture. Like I'm sure that's only going to grow more immensely. So again, Thank you, gentlemen, for coming on the show. Thank you for you know your words of wisdom, uh, your hip your your hipster points of uh, interest on the future of NFTs. Um, I'm glad to have you guys here. I, I welcome more, many, many, many more like you guys to the table. I'm glad to hear you have many competitors. Seems like you guys got your shit down though. So I mean, if I was to pick a horse in the race, you'd be one of the ones I chose. So, um, gentlemen, once you have taken over the world of the cultural stock exchange, come on back and tell us how you did it. Um, but until then, uh, we'll we'll see you guys on the Twitter sphere. Hey guys, thanks so much. This was a ton of fun. Awesome. awesome. Thanks a lot, Thank guys. you guys. See you guys. Hey guys, I'll make this real quick. Just want to make sure you check out the link to the sponsor in the show notes, Van Moof. That's spelled V-A-N M as in Martin O-O-F dot com. Uh, and they are an e-bike company out of Berlin, Germany. And they are um, providing us a bike. Uh, for us to test and use here uh, at Block Channel, and I've been a huge fan of their premium bike, and I think e-mobility is going to be a large sector growing and going forward as the world becomes, you know, more decentralized, more mobile, more distributed. Uh, you know, medium range, like extended vehicles and things of that nature, are definitely going to grow uh, in, def in different forms and factors. Uh, so, huge fan of Van Move here at the Block Channel, and want to make sure you guys check that out.